0: Hey everyone. this is Stephen Overbaugh and you're listening to my podcast. Thank you for joining me this week I'm so grateful that you continue to join me week after week and for my followers and for those that are partners with me thank you so much we're going to get into the word today and continue along with the subject that we have been talking about, which has been so timely and so important and we're I just want to give you a word of encouragement uh today and I trust that through the word of God, which is anointed, that it will bring joy and peace to your life. It shall bring answers to your life, direction to your life. And I trust that that through the word that's being taught, that you'll grow and develop in the things of God. And also finding out what you're called to do. Because, you know, when the Lord begins to speak to us through his word, he begins to reveal to us what He has for us to do, what our calling is. Somebody said, well, is everyone called by the Lord for a specific purpose? Yes, absolutely. Everyone in the body of Christ has purpose. Everyone in the body of Christ has a call. He hath set some in the church. God hath set some in the church as it has pleased Him, the Scripture said in First Corinthians 12. And everyone should understand they have a role, they have a place, and... Only they, they and they alone, can fill that role in the way that the Lord has called them to. And so it's important that everybody be in their place doing what the Lord has called them to do. Amen? But anyways, we're going to continue talking about joy, the joy of the Lord, the joy that comes from the Lord, the God kind of joy, and just continue along those lines. And if you have your Bibles... You can join me, turn on over to James chapter 1. We're going to look at the second verse, which says, And my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And you know if you've been listening to my podcasts the last couple of weeks that you know we've been looking at this verse and we've been um teaching along these lines of counting it all joy and there's been a lot of revelation that we've received from it a lot of uh, insight and knowledge and re- revelation that we've gleaned from it and if you haven't heard the other podcast go back in the list, in the archive, and you can go back and listen to the other two podcasts about counting it all joy. Very good subject. Excellent teaching. But we're going to look at some other things today here. First of all, in verse two, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. We know that that diverse temptations come to everybody. And a footnote in my Bible says, to help us get more clarity, diverse temptations means also various trials. So trials, temptations. And we know, we know by now, if you've been in this for any length of time, if you've been a Christian for any length of time serving the Lord, that there are going you face diverse temptations or various trials from time to time in your life. Every single one of us is going to face them. But it's how we face them that determines whether or not we come through to victory. Everybody wants victory in their life, but not everybody does what the Word says in order to have victory. See, people want God to intervene in their life. They want God to work in the situation that they're dealing with. They want the Lord to help them out of situations and tests and storms and trials. And all along, the Lord has given them His Word to give them the answers on how to have victory in their life in every single situation. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how big or how small or how many times you faced it or how persistent the situation, the, the trial may be. The Lord has given us answers in his word that we should be following. And the problem with a lot of Christians is they don't always take the time to find out what the word of God says, what the word has to say about the trial or the temptation that they're facing or even the questions that they're facing or the difficulty that they're facing, whatever it may be. They don't take the time. What a lot of Christians do, and I think this is really important to teach on, is they go to look for the easy route, the easy way out. They go to other people to try to find answers for them or to give them answers, or to give them explanations. They go to other things for excuses. And they do all of these things as a substitute and a compromise for taking time to dig into the Word of God. I said dig in to the Word of God. And, you know, the things of God are wonderful and precious, but you're not going to attain to them. You're not going to find out what's there for you and belongs to you. You're not going to find out how to get victory in your life unless you dig into his word. And it's not just those that hear the word of God and and listen to a nice message from the word of God being taught or preached, but it's those who dig into the word of God for themselves that really begin to build a sure and strong foundation in their life. You know, that will cause them to stand in trying times because you can't expect others to hold you up in every single situation and trial and test and storm. A lot of times people go to others to hold them up, to help them through every single trial. You got to pray with me, brother. You got to pray with me, sister. You got to pray that I'll stand. You got to just hold me up right now. And we keep, and it's a bad habit in the body of Christ to go to everybody else to lean on them, to other people to lean on other people rather than going to the word and digging into the word of God and developing sure, strong faith in God's Word, finding out what God's Word says for yourself, and then building your life upon it, acting on the Word of God, speaking the Word of God for yourself. You know, I'll just say this, and it's so true, but it's not taught very much in uh, the church today. And that is that you have to develop And be able to stand on your own two feet in faith. And if you don't learn to develop and stand on your own two feet and have your own relationship with God, you're eventually not going to make it. You're not going to stand. You have to be able to stand on your own two feet in faith. Now, I'm not talking about baby Christians. Christians that have been in this for a short period of time. No, the Lord obviously doesn't expect too much out of a baby. Christian just like you wouldn't expect too much out of a, uh, a a baby in this natural world if you had a baby or you know somebody who has a baby you don't expect too much out of that baby that infant at when they're young when they can't even speak when they can't do anything for themselves they are pampered they are tended to they have to be fed they have to be cleaned they have to be clothed and there's Always has to be somebody doing it for them. Because they're what? They're a baby. And that's understandable. We understand that. But we also understand that as that baby grows up, they're taught, they're developing, they're growing, they get stronger. That eventually they get to the place where they can do things for themselves. And eventually that baby becomes a man or a woman that can stand on their own two feet. Well, it's the same thing and it's so true spiritually. That, and And... Spiritual growth is a lot like natural growth or similar to natural growth. A baby Christian starting out, they can be carried. They have to be carried. They have to be clothed. They have to be tended to. They have to be um helped along by others who more mature Christians who know more. But as that spiritual baby, that baby Christian grows and develops and has time to grow in the word and is sitting under the word, getting in a word of faith, Bible-based church, and they have time to grow, then eventually they have to learn to stand on their own two feet. They have to learn how to, to apply the principles of faith for themselves and, and operate in the faith of God for themselves. They have to learn to, to have develop good study habits and, and study and learn from the Word of God for themselves and, and develop a relationship with God for themselves and be able to exercise authority over the enemy for themselves and be able to speak God's word for themselves. See, all of these things come in time. but when And, and here's the thing. The Lord knows when a, a Christian has had time to grow, when they have had time to sit under the word, and they have sat under the word, then he expects more from them after a while. He expects more from them. He doesn't expect too much from a baby Christian that's just new to this whole thing. But he does expect something from Christians who have had time to grow, who have sat under the Word. And here's the thing. The Lord will always see to it that you have the opportunity to sit under the Word of faith and sit under the uncompromised Word of God. He'll see to it that you're introduced to the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because that's what he would do for every single one of his children. God does not withhold from any one of his children. God doesn't reserve certain, certain parts of the gospel for just certain Christians. No, he ha- will see to it in every single Christian's life that they have opportunities and the, the chance to sit under the whole counsel of God's word. They'll be able to sit under the faith of God or hear the word of God on the subject of faith. And hear the word of God on the subject of the Holy Ghost. And hear the word of God on the subject of authority, the authority of the believer. But then it's up to the Christian, the child of God, to do something with that. It's up to that child to submit themselves to the word of God and to receive and to grow. You know, Peter said, desire ye the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. There's a, there's God's part to feed and he feeds through his word he feeds through his ministry gifts and then it's the responsibility of the believer the child of god to desire his word desire his that sincere milk of the word of god that they may grow thereby see god will always do his part god is always faithful to do his part. And God never fails to do his part, but there's God's part, and we should be, we should understand God's part and know God's part, but then there's our part, amen? God has a part, we have a part. That's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1, let's read it, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speaking. And as newborn babes, verse 2, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. See, so the Lord will see to it that the word is being fed to Christians. The word is being given to Christians. The word is being taught and preached to Christians. And that's God's part. He will see to it. He will supply the word to believers. He will supply the word to Christians. But our part The part, the responsibility of believers is to desire the sincere milk of the word of God. And that is so important. Desire. You know, God looks for desire. God sees desire. And desire is something that comes from the heart. It's from the heart. God knows if you desire his word or not. Now, there's so many Christians in the body of Christ that they don't desire the Word of God like they should because they're full of other things in life. Their appetite is on other things of the world and of this life rather than on the things of God. And as a result of constantly feeding on the world and on the things of the flesh, they don't have a desire for the things of God and the word of God. I'm reminded of a story um a couple of years ago I was up at a um former girlfriend's house and um we it was for my birthday and we were the girlfriend's my girlfriend at the time her father was just a master at cooking out barbecue, cookouts, you name it, he was a grill master. He could grill pretty much anything. And he was excellent at it. And so for my birthday, they asked me what I wanted. I said, well, I just wanna have a cookout, barbecue, let's just do it up big at the house and let's just have a good time with family. So they threw this big party and they were grilling steaks, burgers, they were making salads, it was a big feast taking place. It was for my birthday. And we were supposed to meet at a certain time. And so everybody shows up. And my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he and his wife, my sister, showed up to the party. And we we're all excited. We we're getting our food. We we're all, you know, piling on high, as they say, piling our plates on with food and just piling them high. And we all sit down and we start eating. Everybody's eating. Everybody's eating. And we're enjoying the food. Everybody's just laughing, having a good time. And after a while, we noticed that Dylan, my brother-in-law, he did not, he was just kind of playing with his food. He didn't really, he wasn't really eating it. He was just kind of messing with it. He wasn't, his appetite wasn't there. And we're all like, what in the world is going on? You love food. You love steak, whatever. And he said, well, I made a big mistake on the way up here. I was so hungry on the way up to the party. I decided to stop and grab a Wendy's burger on the way up to the feast. And everybody busted out laughing and thought that was hilarious. But out of that, I the Lord gave me a wonderful illustration. He said, that's exactly how my church is. That's exactly how my body is, how my children act sometimes. They're invited to sit at the t- my table. They're invited to sit at the table of the Lord. They've, there's a feast that's been prepared for them. You know, the scripture says in Psalms 23, he prepares a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. So there's a table that I've set before them, a feast with wonderful blessings on it, wonderful, the wonderful goodness of God. And I've invited all my children to sit at the table and to, and to uh, partake and to uh, just feast on the, my blessings. But they're showing up to the feast full of other things. They have been they feed on the the world they feed on desires of the flesh and they and they're constantly having an appetite for other things and so when they come to my table, they don't have an appetite for me and I thought that was such a a wonderful illustration, and such an important one, and such a serious uh thing to recognize and to look at such a serious thing that the Lord said there because it's so true, so much of the church does not have an appetite for the things of God they're not hungry for the things that are presented to them at the table, the word of God the blessings of God and the things that the God, that the Lord has provided for them because they're full of other things they're full of other substances and as a result they don't inherit what God has for them, they don't enter into what God has for them, well guys we have to decide what we're going to desire in life. We have to decide what we're going to hunger for in life. Peter said, desire you the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. And you were talking about having victory, talking about enjoying the blessings of God, and the victory of God. When you face a trial, when you face a temptation, a storm, you have to have a solid foundation of the word of God in your life. And this is going a little different direction than what I was going to go in. But it's the truth. It's what the Holy Ghost wanted. That we have to desire Him and His Word. And we have to feast on His Word. And we have to dig deep into the things of God. And then build our life upon that solid foundation. So when the storms of life come, the trials of life come, which will come to everybody. No matter who you are, where you come from, they will come to you. And you can't avoid them. If you're going to live for Christ, if you're going to serve Christ, you will face persecution. You will face trials. And somebody may think, well, if I, if I was doing the will of God, if I'm in the will of God, then I should be able to avoid trials. No, that's not true. Because if that were the case, if the will of God was based on, or if the, the blessing of God and having everything perfect in life was based on if you were in the will of God or not that means that Jesus missed it that means that Paul missed it that means that Peter missed it and that means that most everybody in the word of God missed it it's in their life because they were in the will of God and yet they faced all kinds of trials so trials and temptations and storms don't determine whether or not you're in the will of God if you think that just because you're in a trial that means that there's something wrong and you're that's not it no, you you're probably facing trials, tests, and storms because you're in the will of God. That's one important thing to look at. But we can have victory, and we can come through everything, sting, every single storm. Remember, Jesus rebuked the storm. Jesus was in the will of God, and I'll use this example. He was in the will of God every single day of his earthly ministry, every single day of his life. And in the midst of his will, in, of being in the will of God, he faced trials, tests, and storms. He told the disciples when they were going to go cross over from one side of the lake of Galilee to the other, he said, let us go over to the other side. And when they were in the middle of the lake, the storm came. Well, Jesus was in the will of God, yet the storm came. So apparently you can be in the will of God and still face storms. See, the absence or presence of the storm is not a determination of whether or not you're in the will of God. Jesus said, peace, be still. He told the storm, it had to cease. It had to stop. So remember that in life. Remember that God has given you away. There's victory for you, but you got to stand on the word of God. You got to speak the word of God. You got to do the word of God. Amen. Guys, I trust you're blessed by this podcast. Remember, you can go on the website, stephenoverbaugh.com. You can go on Facebook, you can go on YouTube, follow the ministry, and be blessed by more and more of the teaching of the Word of God. All right, we'll see you next time.